Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Hey everyone. Hey, how are we doing? Welcome to day 11 of isolation. Um, I've just spent 11 days cooped up in our wee house bus with my darling wife, Amy. And we're still happily married after 11 days of the close proximity. So, um, you know, God is good. He's still on the throne. Uh, I'm really feeling for the extroverts in this time. Uh, I say that because I'm one of them. And I am just missing hanging out with uh, all my family and my friends. Um, I'm also a physical touch guy. That's my number one love language. My friends will definitely know that. Uh, And so I am missing um, the embrace of all my family and friends. Uh, I say to my wife all the time, number one love language is physical touch. Number two is quality time. And so if you put these two together, it equals quality time touching. Uh, there's a one for all the married men out there. But uh, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, what a powerful time it's been. I've just seeing the global church unite together, being the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, and just stepping up, however it's been. I'm seeing churches all around the world doing live services. I heard a story the other day about uh, a couple who had never been to church before, They knew Jesus, but that was about it. And they were just watching a Sunday live service when they were scrolling Facebook one day in their living room. And all of a sudden, you know, like the next minute, they're committing their lives to Jesus. So what we're doing in this time is is making a difference. And even in our own church community, um, it's just been so cool to see our church adapt and evolve. um, And just the way in which we can stay in touch and stay engaged together as a church and uh, kudos to people like Alan and Johnny and all the team who are just making things happen, whether it's been the live services, um, the quarantines, the daily scriptures, uh, all these things. It's just been so cool to um, still be connected with you all. And I want to encourage you. It may not be times like these that we grow bigger, but it's times like these that we grow stronger together and uh so tonight i I won't take too long um i know that you guys literally have nothing going on at the moment but you don't want to listen to me ramble for a few hours so welcome to the nimmo residence Uh, i am samuel nimmo and it's so great to be sharing with you today today is palm sunday if you didn't know palm sunday which was a day that jesus uh, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, it was this, the week that started uh, the week of his crucifixion. Um, and we're going to explore that together today. It was this kind of weekend 2,000 years ago where one man came in and completely shifted human history. And uh, it's because of that that we can have gratitude for all that he's done. And hopefully uh, not just today, but this week, And every day this year, we can have gratitude for the one that came in and died on the cross for us. And, uh, yeah. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to share the purity and the simplicity of the gospel. 
And that is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. It's from John 3.16. And for those of you who know me, you know that I am an absolute sucker for salt and vinegar chips. Of anything salt and vinegar, I just found salt and vinegar rice wafers. And they have just rocked my isolation world. Uh, but I love salt and vinegar anything. I love um, hanging out with my mates. I love back tickles, physical touch again. Um, you know, like, there's so many things I love. But the scripture clearly says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And here it's talking about a different kind of love. It's talking about a love that only a father can have for his children. A love that only a God can have for his creation, his sons and daughters. That is you and me. And I believe that this is the love that the gospel is built on. I just want to pray for us. God, I thank you for these moments that we can share together. Father, I thank you for your love. You loved us so much that you gave your one and only son to die for us so that we can have relationship with you. God, as we explore Palm Sunday and as we go through this Easter message, God, I just pray that you would bless us uh, in your mighty name. Amen. I had just uh, finished school and I set out to uh, go and see the world, you know, like go and find myself as us young bucks like to do. And so I just traveled through Europe and I was just about to make my way into Israel. Now, Israel is a place I'd wanted to see for so long, like since I was a kid. And I was so excited. And, uh, and so I'm standing in this big airport by myself. You can imagine this young guy in an airport all alone. And so I'm waiting in this line and I'm waiting to go through customs. All of a sudden I'm snatched away and I'm being interrogated. Uh, all my electronics and my belongings are seized from me and being searched and I'm butt naked being searched everywhere and they think I'm this terrorist or, or something, you know. Apparently because I had long hair, a beard and tattoos, I just, I looked crazy. Uh, but you could imagine that this wasn't the entrance that I was expecting at all. It was not the way I thought things would happen. And uh, why am I sharing this story? Great question. Uh, there's a story of Jesus in the Bible, and there's a story where Jesus doesn't quite get the entrance that even he was expecting. I wonder if you've heard the story of Palm Sunday. And so Jesus' whole ministry, he'd been ridiculed by the Pharisees and by the religious leaders. And so Jesus comes and he enters into Jerusalem on a donkey, and all of a sudden people are celebrating him as a king. And they're celebrating him as a hero and as the one who is going to save them. And uh, this is what we've come to know as Palm Sunday. I'd love to read Matthew 21 verse 7. And it says this, They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks. And Jesus sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. There's a few gospel songs in there I can hear. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. You know, I I don't think even Jesus was expecting this kind of entrance. You know, for so many, Jesus was this kind of long-awaited king that was going to lead Israel against this revolt against the Roman Empire. And it's true, he was going to bring about their salvation, but not in the way that they expected. Most kings of the time would uh, conquer with force, uh, with brutality, with war. But, you know, Jesus came and he conquered with love and with forgiveness. And it's about a week later that Jesus does this by dying on the cross for all of mankind. And so fast forwarding a little bit down the week, uh, it's the day before Jesus is crucified. And Jesus is sitting down and he's hanging out with his disciples. They are the people that he's done ministry with, the the people he's done life with. And uh, they're his best friends. And they're sitting and they're having a meal together. This is what's known as the Last Supper. And so Jesus is sharing a meal with his friends. And uh, he shares that one of his disciples, one of his friends is going to betray him. And they're all looking around at each other like, that's not me. Like, I love Jesus. I love this man. And uh, and he says one of his, his men are going to betray him and hand him over to the authority. You know, Jesus knew he was going to be killed. It was prophesied all throughout the history of the Old Testament. Uh, and, you know, I think at any moment Jesus could have just like pulled out from this whole arrangement. He could have just said, nah, I'm hanging up the boots. I don't want to do this. Sorry, God, find someone else. But, you know, he had you and he had me in mind. And uh, spoiler alert, he dies for us so that we can live blameless and guilt free, sin free, so that we can live in relationship with Father God. So the the supper goes on and Jesus finishes. They they all finish their dinner together and Jesus goes out on the mountain to pray with a few of his disciples. And while he's there praying in peace, all of these people, this army come toward him and they have clubs and spears and swords and shields and they come treating him like he's some kind of criminal. And then out of the crowd emerges one of his disciples, one of his closest friends. And his disciple comes forward and he marks Jesus as the one that they're after. And he does this by giving him a kiss on the cheek. You know, a symbol that we use for friendship and for companionship, his disciple uses as a sign of betrayal. And then at this time, his other disciples, they kind of hike tail and they run. And Jesus is left with this army. And he's led away to the place where he will be trialed. And you can imagine this whole time that they're just beating Jesus. They're hitting him. They're like, you know, slapping him. and They're leading him to the place where he's going to stand trial for his crimes. And so they bring Jesus to this courtyard. And they 
stand up and they start, you know, making false claims against Jesus. And, you know, he said this and that, he said this, he said that. And they ask him, you know, are you truly the son of God? Are you who you say that you are? And I mean, this is the same man that his whole ministry, he's been walking around and sharing the love of the father. He's been helping the needy. He's been doing miracles. He's been saving lives. And now they're yelling, crucify him. And for those of you who aren't too familiar with crucifixion, I don't want to get into it too heavy tonight. But crucifixion was a form of torture that the Romans used. And although they didn't invent it, they perfected it to such a point where they could inflict the maximum amount of pain and suffering on a person and cause a really slow death. And it was used for people who were, you know, murderers, uh, thieves, uh, adulterers, uh, rapists, you know, people guilty of sedition. And now this is the form of torture that they're going to use on our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And so Jesus, the humble son of God, gets treated as if he was a murderer or a thief or a rebel. And so when all the leaders find Jesus guilty, they lead him out to a courtyard where he's going to receive his whipping and his beating. And the scripture says, Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spat on him and they grabbed a stick and struck him over the head with it. Over and over they went up to him and said, Greetings, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. And then a few verses down it says, Pilate had Jesus taken and whipped. And again, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but for whipping, the man would be stripped of his clothing, his, his wrists would be tied together, and he'd be tied to an upright post, and his back, his buttocks, and his legs would all be stripped by one or two guards. And you know, Whipping was so painful that a lot of people would die at this point from shock or loss of blood. And it was illegal to give someone 40 lashes because surely they would die from 40 lashes. And so they gave 39 lashes and Jesus took it for you and he took it for me. You know, it was so intense that at this stage some people would die from shock and they would just be hung on a cross anyway as like a, a, a billboard. One scholar said that as the flogging continued, the lacerations would tear into the underlying skeletal muscles and produce quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. You know, it's at a time like this where I think Jesus could have stood up and called down legions of angels to just kind of destroy all his enemies around him. But you know what? He didn't. He took the beating, the whipping, the suffering, the spitting, and he took it for you and he took it for me. And then the Bible then goes on to say that Jesus was led up a hill. He carried his cross to the place where he would be 
crucified. You know, the crucifixion account says that Jesus was beaten so badly that he couldn't even carry his own cross up the hill. It wasn't just a light cross, it was a heavy cross. And one man passed by, his name was Simon, and Simon carried the cross on Jesus' behalf to the place where he would be crucified. And then the Bible says that they took Jesus and they nailed him to a cross. And so for this to happen, they could just tie someone to the cross, or what they could do is they could put a nail through their wrists. And these aren't just any kind of nails that we use for our home DIY. These are like iron tapered spikes around 13 to 18 centimeters long, maybe one or two inches wide. And these would sit in the wrist. And you can imagine every time that the hammer would beat against this nail, that it would just send scourges of like pain, excruciating pain through Jesus's body. And so because as wrists and his feet were nailed to the cross and his body was being sideways you could just imagine the pain with every breath and so for Jesus to breathe properly he would have to press up on his feet which you can imagine because his feet were nailed every breath would just be excruciating pain and you know Jesus is violent and painful act was not only the most horrific act that the world has ever seen, but it was the greatest demonstration of Father God's love for his children, for you and for me. And you know, I think as Jesus sat there on the cross, that the whole cosmos flashed before his eyes, that every individual, every creature flashed before Jesus' mind, the sin of you and I flashed before Jesus. And you know what he said? That he'd just take it all. And he took your sin and he took my sin upon himself. And then the last moments of Jesus' life, he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And then he bowed his head and he died. You know, if the story had ended there, we would honor Jesus as this uh, really sacrificial guy, as a great prophet, as a really honorable man with, with great teachings. But the story didn't end there. And after three days of being dead, Jesus is risen to life. He conquers death by being resurrected back from the dead. And because of this, he atoned for our sins. That means he made amends for all of our wrongdoing. And you know, the punishment that we deserved, the punishment that we should have taken, was the punishment that he willingly took upon himself. And the Bible says that we can now boldly approach the throne of grace. In Romans it says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans, it also says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, the gift that God gave us was the gift of his son dying on the cross for you and for me. And through what Jesus has done, when God sees us, he doesn't see us as sinners, but he sees us like he sees his son 
as righteous beings. And the crucifixion story isn't just a story of pain and brutality. But it's a story of God and his unrelenting love. You know, even right back in the beginning of the Bible when man chose to turn their back on God. God was looking for a way with his relentless love to bring us back to himself. To redeem us back to him. And so Jesus has died, he's risen again. And so we can now live free. We can now live shameless before him. So what do we have to do? Like, it just sounds way too good to be true. What do we have to do to receive that forgiveness? You know, the Bible says if we call upon the name of Jesus, then we'll be saved. All we have to do is call upon Jesus' name and accept his free gift of salvation. And so I want to give an opportunity for that to happen. And I believe there are three kinds of people who will be listening to this right now. There are those that have, are saved already. Amen. Hallelujah. There are those that have never been saved in their lives. And there are those that maybe were once saved, but they don't feel close to Jesus anymore. They've walked away. And I want to focus on the last two tonight. And uh, whether you've committed your life to God, whether you've committed your life to God but walked away, you know, wherever you are, Jesus sees you. You might be in your living room, you might be in the toilet. Hopefully you're not out of your isolation bubble. But Jesus sees you right where you are. And I have this friend whose name is Liam. Uh, a couple of years ago, Liam was sitting in his bedroom and he was listening to some conspiracy videos who doesn't love those uh he was listening to a talk on the illuminati and uh somehow on his youtube queue um a sermon came up and so he just kind of lay there and, and keep listening but at the end of the sermon the preacher said if you want to get right with jesus if you want to give your life to god then you can do so right now and so right in that moment my friend liam gave his life to Jesus. And you know that same thing can happen for you right now. I want to encourage you right now is the best time to make that decision. Don't put it off, especially with God what's going on in the world right now with, you know, COVID-19, there's so much uncertainty with what might happen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. A flip, I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. But this decision is the best decision you could make and it needs to be made right now because you know even indecision is a decision if if you don't decide time is going to decide for you and time always decides against us and so this is the time right now where you can get right with God so that you can know one day that when you die you're going to go to heaven and live with him forever and even here on earth you can live sin free and so if that's you and you want to make that decision for God, if you want to say, yeah, actually, Samuel, I, I want to get right with God right now. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart? And what I want to do is I just want to pray for you in this moment. If you're saying, Samuel, I want to get myself right with God in this moment. Why don't you just put your hand on, the, on your heart and I'm going to pray. And if you could just repeat these words after me, we're going to call upon the name of Jesus tonight. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm sorry that I went my own way. I asked for the Holy Spirit to come into my heart. Thank you for cleansing me and for making me righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And uh, just for all of those listening, uh, if you've made a commitment for God, the Bible even says that all the angels in the heavens are celebrating with you right now. And we would love to celebrate with you as well. If you've made a commitment for Jesus, then we'd love if you could reach out to us. Um, just flick a message to the Harmony Facebook page just so that we can get in touch and we can journey with you in this time as well. And uh, if you need anything in this time, just be reminded uh, you, you are isolated, but you don't have to feel alone. And there's people who want to connect with you and uh, bring some hope to you. Let me just pray for us all as we go. Father God, thank you so much for the moments that we've been able to share together today. God, thank you. You love the world so much that you sent your son to die for us. And uh, God, thank you that we can live in that place of being saved being set free and being delivered. God, I pray that you would bless us as we go. God, that you would keep us all safe. And God, we just look to you in this time as our salvation, as our healer, as our deliverer. And God, we especially pray for our nation, uh, for our church, for our leaders. God, that you would protect them and give them wisdom in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening on Palm Sunday. And uh, as we go out and we enjoy uh, uh, our time in isolation, let me just encourage you just to reflect on what Jesus has done for us this Easter.